Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. So excited to have you here with us on December 6th. 2023 excited to talk about everything going on in the life of duke athletics that's exactly what lockdown blue devils is your one-stop shop throughout the week talking about the men's basketball and football programs we highlight a couple of other programs throughout the year as well so your support just means so much to us here at locked on blue devils if you have not done so already please be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts you could do that for free give us a follow at lo underscore blue devils on x Also, make sure that you watch the show daily on YouTube. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've got fun clips out there. Like the video. Share it with your friends. Again, your support just means so much to us here on Lockdown Blue Devils. And if you're at it, follow me on X as well, uh, at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Duke basketball, a tough loss over the weekend in Atlanta, taking on Georgia Tech. A full week off for the Blue Devils as they go throughout the uh, final exam portion of the academic semester. They're back on the hardwood this upcoming Saturday at home inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. But a 5-3 and three record now. Where in the world does this Duke basketball team sit? And who better to discuss all of this with me than my good pal Kevin Conley, who is the site expert for Ball Durham. Kevin, I hope you're doing well, my friend. I am, JJ. Thanks for having me. All right, let's get to it, man. Five and three, the record for the Stukeman's basketball team. Tough showing in Atlanta over the weekend against Georgia Tech. Uh, We mentioned the kind of early ACC game here before a full month break until we see Duke take on a conference opponent once again. But for that month, we're going to be looking at an 0-1 record for Duke basketball in the ACC standings. What went wrong on Saturday, in your opinion? Um, a lot did, and a lot was it was carried over from the Arkansas game. Um, I think John Shire might have hinted at it best after the Arkansas game, where this team's not tough enough. They're they're not tough enough to go and compete on the road and, and win games, let alone conference games um, away from Cameron Indoor Stadium. And um, there is a lot wrong with this team. I think first of all, um, they were grossly overrated. I, I don't know what other way to put it. Um, this is a team that does not look like they can win a national championship right now. Now, granted, obviously that can change. Um, And they don't have a good win. I mean, their biggest win is Michigan state and um, Michigan state hasn't been very good at all this season. And the biggest reason why Duke won that game is because Michigan state's not very good and they couldn't hit um, an open three pointer if their life depended on it. So um, this team has a lot of things to clean up. Um, It starts at the top with the head coach um, and then it trickles down the roster, but um, yeah, again, another disheartening performance against Georgia Tech, especially on the heels of a disheartening performance against Arkansas. A big storyline, of course, coming out of this game as well. We mentioned it in the open, but is the health of Tyrese Proctor. We'll get into kind of long-term uh, concerns that could be there for Proctor. But here we are very early in the basketball game, the first three, four minutes within the basketball game, and Proctor all of a sudden has to exit the floor, is helped all the way off and goes back into the locker room. What did we see as the play happened, as it unfolded, and all of that, Kevin, when we're talking about Tyrese Proctor's injury? Well, yeah, it was certainly tough and and hard to see him go off with an injury. Um, I don't excuse Duke 
for losing this game just because he only played about a minute and a half. Um, but I think the best way I can try to describe it is if you're a Duke fan, you have to hope it's the same thing that Riley Leonard suffered um, during the football season against Notre Dame. Um, if you watched um, the NFL on Monday night, you kind of have to hope it's the same thing Trevor Lawrence just underwent um, when his nasty looking injury, you have to hope it's that kind of injury with a high ankle sprain. And he was on crutches, um, came back to the benches on crutches, obviously left the arena on crutches. Um, so that's the hope you have to have. If you're a Duke fan, that Tyrese Proctor, it is only like a high ankle sprain and he is able to return um, say in three to four weeks. But um, yeah, yeah it, it didn't certainly look good with how long he was down writhing in pain. Um, but that has to be at least, your hope for the worst case scenario and obviously hope for the better. If it's just a low grade ankle sprain um, that really shook him up and he wasn't able to return. Duke basketball, including head coach John Shire have been really quiet throughout the week about yeah. what exactly is the, um, how significant this injury is for Proctor, what the timeline is and that sort of thing. But if you just kind of read between the tea leaves, uh, if we kind of read what's out there uh, in message boards and just the chatter around this basketball program, it does feel pretty certain that this Duke basketball team is going to be without Tyrese Proctor for quite some time. So next man up for this Duke basketball team. We certainly saw uh, Duke take off last season when Proctor kind of moved into that on-guard position, uh, able to facilitate and that sort of thing. But I think this means a much larger role for Caleb Foster. Uh, Jared McCain is going to be asked to do a whole lot more. Jeremy Roach obviously has tons of experience at this level and uh, he'll have the ball back in his hands a good bit more too. So uh, that backcourt, Jalen Blakes even, has got a larger role in the next few games coming up for the Duke basketball team. Yeah, like you said, it just doesn't – you don't get the good vibe around Duke right now that this is going to be a non-serious injury, um, especially if you watch John Shire's press conference after the game against Georgia Tech when he was asked about Tyrese Proctor. Um, it felt like he was going to give you something, um, and then he bit his tongue. And just said there, there's no update. It was like right. It was the it was right in between when he said that obviously he was going to have MRI and X X ray over the weekend, and then he looked like he was going to say something, and he bit his tongue really quickly and just said there's no update. And just the tone in his voice. Obviously, he's mad and upset and frustrated that his team just lost, but it felt like there was a little bit more specifically talking about Proctor that um, just didn't give you a good vibe. But um, yeah, like, like you said, uh, I feel like the best case scenario for Duke with Proctor out. Jeremy Roach has to go back on the wall. Um, he's probably been this team's best player. He's been better than Kyle Filipowski, in my opinion. Um, he's been more consistent. So put him back at point guard. Um, Caleb Foster, I think, should get a lot of more minutes at the two. I think he should start at the two. Um, Jared McCain has been very inconsistent. He has not been good against good teams. He has not performed well against Arizona, Michigan State, um, Arkansas, and, and now Georgia Tech. Caleb Foster has shown the ability to play well against those teams. Um, and then obviously you have to fix the rotation otherwise because Mark Mitchell um, has kind of been unplayable here since he missed the first game of the season with an ankle injury um, until now, and he didn't start against Georgia Tech. So, um, again, a lot to clean up with this Duke team. And I don't think anyone could envision things going this poorly um, through, what, 30 days in the season? 
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Duke basketball fans across the world and country, we're pretty negative to start through these uh, first eight minutes with this Duke basketball team, given the state of where we're at with this team. Let's see if we could be a little more positive. What do we like so far about this team? And we'll be able to tell you about some of that after we take our time out here on today's episode of Locked on Blue Devils. Locked on Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our very good friends over at Jace Medical. I know that when it comes to sports, we look for them to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life. But can we talk for just a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. It's quite scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if your family has someone sick while a supply chain issue kept them from getting a life-saving medication that they needed, but thankfully will be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. So right now, go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D, to get $20 off your order. Jace Medical is a proud sponsor of Locked On Blue Devils. All right, we begin to move forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils alongside my pal Kevin Connolly of Ball Durham. I'm JJ Jackson. Kevin, tell us a little bit about balldurham.com. What do you have going on over there these days? Well, we're covering right now the turmoil among uh, amidst the Duke basketball program, also a little bit of the turmoil in the Duke football program. It has not been a good couple of weeks for Duke <laughs> athletics, and obviously we have it all covered over at Ball Durham. Um, news and notes, um, stories, opinions, uh, anything you possibly want we have over there. So. Um, like you said, it's balldurham.com, and then you can follow us on Twitter at ball underscore Durham. Yeah, Duke football getting ready for the Birmingham Bowl to take on Troy. The Troy Trojans head coach, John Sumrall, is a candidate that has interviewed for that Duke football head coaching job. We will see in the next few days who is the new head coach for that football program. So a lot of things to be checking out and reading over at balldurham.com. All right, so Kevin, let's talk more basketball here. We mentioned a moment ago that things aren't great. This Duke team is now on a losing streak in their two games that they played away from Cameron Indoor Stadium, coming back home this weekend to take on Charlotte. You mentioned Jeremy Roach, how effective he's been. Kyle Filipowski, to your point, has been a little off in some nights, but there are also many, many moments throughout the course of the season that we've seen thus far that make him arguably one of the best players in the entire sport this season. So uh, while, yeah, we need to figure out the Tyrese Proctor injury, we've got to figure out some other nuances of this basketball team. There have also been a couple of bright spots to start the year. Yeah, they have been. I think Jeremy Roach is the brightest spot. You look at some of the numbers, averaging just under 14 points per game. Um, assist and rebound numbers aren't high, but you don't expect his assist numbers to be high considering He's not the primary point guard. And then you look at his shooting numbers, they're, they're just about perfect. I mean, shooting 49% from the field and 46% from three-point range, um, and then 76% from the line. I think he's been the brightest spot on this Duke team so far. Um, I don't put a lot of blame on him uh, for that last play against Georgia Tech. Um, I think it was just a very poorly designed play 
from John Shire coming out of a timeout to have Jeremy Roach, who is still one of your smallest players going amidst the trees of Georgia Tech inside the paint. So um, I, I don't put that blame on him whatsoever. Um, and then I also have to have to put some shine on two guys that I think, frankly, have to play more. And that's T.J. Power and Sean Stewart. Um, T.J. Power finally was able to get some minutes against Arkansas, came in, knocked down a couple of threes. Same thing against Georgia Tech. He is a great shooter for this Duke team. Um, even goes back to the LaSalle game where he came in in the final, what, five minutes and quickly hit three threes in a row and nearly hit a fourth. Um, obviously, he, he gives you size um, that the team doesn't have. His defense does have to get better, but he just has too much upside not to play um, for the Blue Devils. And then, like I said, Sean Stewart. We've talked about Sean Stewart a lot so far this season. Every time he steps on the floor, he gives it 140%. He doesn't stop until he comes out of the game. Um, and especially against Arkansas, who had a ton of athletes on the front line, I, I couldn't figure why Sean Stewart didn't play more. And the same thing against Georgia Tech. Obviously, Mark Mitchell right now has zero confidence in his game. Um, John Shire doesn't seem like he has a lot of confidence um, in Mark Mitchell, considering he takes him out of the starting lineup. Now he still gets a lot of minutes at Georgia Tech, but I just don't know why Sean Stewart isn't getting some of those minutes, considering um, he's a probably better rebounder than Mark Mitchell. Um, he certainly seems more athletic than Mark Mitchell. He's one of the most athletic players in the country, in my opinion, if you, uh, on uh, Sean Stewart. So um, those are some bright spots. Um, and also, obviously, it also goes hand in hand with some things Duke needs to fix going forward. And I'm sure that they will get the opportunity to fix those things. Again, Charlotte coming up on Saturday, another team with a 5-3 and three record. We'll get into them a little bit more throughout the course of this week. Duke was the number seven team in the entire country. Number seven, uh, after again falling a little bit from number two to open the season after that Arizona loss, but then two losses last week, Duke falls. Many people thought, hey, they might be out of the top 25 entirely, but they find themselves at the number 22 position in the Associated Press top 25 poll. So number 22, Duke, again, loses by four, 72-68 against Georgia Tech. They're now 0-1 in conference play to open the season. Jeremy Roach played all 40 minutes uh, last game for Duke against Georgia Tech, and you expected that to be the case after Proctor goes down 36 minutes in the backcourt for Caleb Foster. Jared McCain had 21, uh, and then to your point, we saw T.J. Power have a, a career-high 16 minutes against Georgia Tech this past weekend. So I think his role will be one that continues to expand a little bit more. Mark Mitchell, you mentioned him on Saturday against Georgia Tech. He finishes 5 of 11 from the floor, 11 points, 4 rebounds, 4 fouls. So in a little bit of foul trouble, but he did play 28 minutes significantly he came off the bench. Mark Mitchell was not in the starting lineup for this Duke basketball team, Kevin. Well, I don't think anyone would have any complaints about how Mark Mitchell played on Saturday against Georgia Tech if it weren't for the technical foul that really gave Georgia Tech um, – well, it allowed them to tie the game. They make two free throws. They score on offense. Races a Duke four-point lead with about two minutes to go, and it felt like Duke was going to take control of the game at that point after Mitchell's dunk to put them up two possessions, like I said, but two minutes left. And then he gets hit for a technical for taunting, two free throws, the ball to Georgia Tech. They get four points. They tie the game. They get a stop. They get another score, and they take the lead. So um, that was the most disappointing part of the game for Mark Mitchell because up until then he had played a pretty decent game and he had responded well coming off the bench. Um, but then it's just that 
mental mistake that you cannot make. I know he's frustrated. He had a big time dunk to put Duke up for letting some of that frustration out. But uh, especially from a sophomore, you have to be uh, more aware of the situation. And he wasn't. And let's be honest, it ultimately cost Duke. Let's go ahead and we'll take one more break on today's show. And we'll keep talking about the Duke basketball team after our final timeout here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. Lockdown Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. That's right. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. This app is so easy to use, a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So right now, go visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. All right, we move forward here on today's episode of Locked on Blue Devils. J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Kevin Conley, who is the site expert for Ball Durham. So, Kevin, we got to talk a little bit about the outside shooting for this Duke basketball team. I do want to highlight that and the rebounding efforts as well, if you can speak to that for a moment. Against Georgia Tech, Duke was just 4 of 16 from three-point range, 25% for a team that does have quality shooters on there uh, is a little concerning. You hope that it's just kind of an off night for the Blue Devils. We saw Georgia Tech open the game four for four from three-point range, and all of a sudden Duke finds themselves down 12-2 to right out of the gates. And then this season, Duke was 5-0 and when they won the rebounding battle, 0-2 when they lost the battle on the glass against Georgia Tech. They tied an even 33-33 battle on the boards between both those teams. So let's talk uh, three-point shooting, and then we'll talk about the rebounding. Yeah, so first with the three-point shooting, you're right. On paper, it seems like this team does have the ability to shoot the ball. Kyle Filipowski has not shown the the improvement from three-point range uh, to begin with. Jeremy Roach, nearly 50%, is the team's best three-point shooter. We mentioned earlier in the show – Jared McCain has struggled against power conference teams. He has thrived against the mid-majors. He just hasn't performed well uh, against your four big schools that Duke has played so far this season. Um, It's too much to put on the plate for Caleb Foster to try and shoulder the load from three-point range like he did against Michigan State. That's why I think TJ Power has to play more because, again, he's a really good shooter. Obviously, Jaden Shute, we're not going to – Open that box. He's not playing this year. He's red shooting, so you cross him off the list. And Tyrese Proctor. Tyrese Proctor really had not improved from three-point range um, than what we saw from his freshman season before he got hurt. So uh, no one has shown that they've gotten better for Duke uh, shooting the basketball. And I think that's one of the most concerning parts um, of how this team has played for the first couple games of the season. And then that to on the glass, as we were talking, this Duke basketball team, uh, again, when they rebound well, they win. When they struggle a little bit more on the boards, that's not been the case. And that's the confusing part of why Sean Stewart's not playing more. I mean, Sean Stewart <laughs> is a guy who, who can rebound well. Um, and you don't want to put everything on the plate of Kyle Filipowski. Uh, Mark Mitchell certainly has to help out and rebound a little bit more. When Ryan Young is in there, 
Um, he's a guy who will box out and create space, but you can't count on a player like Ryan Young to to pull down five to six rebounds per game. That's why um, it's just a little bit confusing why Sean Stewart is not playing more considering this team does well when he's in there and he rebounds. Locked on Blue Devils here today. J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Kevin Connolly, who's the site expert for Ball Durham. All things Duke basketball, Duke football can be found at your website. And a lot of people this time of year are talking about a couple of things. The transfer portal and high school recruiting uh, as signing day for the football period is just a few weeks away at this point. But then also a couple of these top high school players still need to make their final decisions for the upcoming season. Duke's got two offers out at the moment for Dylan Harper and then VJ Edgecombe. And here on December 6th, later this afternoon, 4.30 p.m. Eastern time, I think we're going to get a decision from Dylan Harper. Is that right, Kevin? It is, and it's most likely going to be Rutgers. Um, <laughs> the, the Jersey kid's going to stay home um, and follow in his brother's footsteps and um, try to be that next star for the Scarlet Knights. Duke had kind of pulled off in their recruiting efforts of him um, as of late, really, in the summer, uh, when Rutgers overtook Duke, as uh, many of your listeners probably know on um, the Crystal Balls and all the prediction websites, um, Rutgers overtook Duke in August. Um, and it, it tells you why um, it kind of circles around the same timeline as Cooper Flag reclassifying from 2025 into 2024. Um, and Duke is still in heavy pursuit of VJ Edgecombe. So uh, if Duke is going to add to this recruiting class, it's going to be the five-star prospect from Long Island Lutheran in New York, not the five-star prospect from Don Bosco Prep in New Jersey. Well, let's see what happens. We'll be following, of course, that update a little bit later today. We'll see what happens with VJ Edgecombe as Duke tries to totally finalize this upcoming high school class of 2024. Kevin, as always, it's great to see you. I hope that the next time we speak, we've got more Duke basketball wins to be breaking down together. Thank you for being here today, my friend. Thanks, JJ. That's Kevin Connolly once again from Ball Durham joining us here on today's episode of Locked on Blue Devils. Always an absolute joy having him on the program here with us, and we do appreciate uh, his support always here for the show. We appreciate your support as well. Again, make sure you follow and subscribe to us for free wherever it is that you get your podcast. Also be sure to watch the show daily on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Follow us on social media. Follow us at LO underscore Blue Devils on X. I'm there as well at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. That'll do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day.